Season 1, Episode 47, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Before I explain and talk about this verse and... Uh, one, two, three, four, five verses following it. <clears throat> I want to talk about, uh, I learned yesterday uh, from 1 John, um, 1 John, oh, I'm prepared, but I'm not prepared. Um, 1 John, First John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, I'm sorry. First uh, John chapter 15 and 16. First um, John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, which talk about praying for the brother who has wronged you, not committed a capital offense against you, but um, it... it it gets a little confusing with the indefinite article A there, or a, uh, and uh, I did some research on that and found out that the uh, original Greek, and it turns out the original Hebrew, uh, or the, the I should correctly probably say since the originals, we don't have any originals, the oldest copies that we have are uh, written both in the Hebrew and the Greek in all caps, in all capital letters. And they do not have, neither the Hebrew nor the Greek have the indefinite article. They both have the definite article, the or the. They do not have the indefinite article, a, a, or an, if it's before a, a vowel in the English or a silent consonant like H. Anyway, um, sometimes there's, it's, you know, when, when the Jehovah Witnesses add to uh, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God, they are choosing to add that letter A, uh, that indefinite article, a God. Uh, they don't believe in the deity of Christ. They don't believe in the Trinity, the three in one, uh, again, I would take them to 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's the King James, but uh, I think the meaning is pretty much there. Okay, so personally, I believe that God has kept His Word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. I think He's miraculously kept uh, kept his word. If you want to believe, uh, if it makes you feel better to believe that, that the Bible is a corrupted ancient text and we have no business believing what it says, that's, that's, that's up to you. Uh, that's not the way I came to the Bible. I came to it with reverence and uh, a little bit. Not that I knew what it said, but when I found out what it said about salvation, that it's a gift, it's not of works lest any man should boast. And 
that God loved the world. He was offering it to whosoever. He, he died for the sins of the whole world. Anyway, I like to teach because I like to learn. And when I have a problem, and it usually appears uh, uh, in my presentation, but I'm glad that in this format I have a chance. And in the classroom I did too. I'd see the kids the next day. And I would say I made a mistake. Uh, let, me, let me correct my interpretation of that. The semantics, semantics which is, uh, requires logic and thought to understand what's being said. Anyway, a uh, new word my son introduced to me today. I've heard of it. It's all semantics. Semantics. S-E-M-A-N-T-I-C. Semantic. It's all semantics. Anyway, um, yeah, you add an S if you want to make it plural, I guess. Um, but there's some finesse, if you will. There's some study to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, so, hopefully, I do that. Anyway, and the capitalization of words, oh, well, that's deity because it's capitalized. Well, let's take a look at it and make sure the context supports that. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father is capitalized. The Word is capitalized. John capitalized the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He capitalizes that word, Word. And the Holy Ghost is capitalized. But that, in the original, or not the original, but in the, in the, in the most ancient manuscripts we have, they, or the earliest manuscripts, they are... They are... Um, written in all caps, so it requires us to figure out what should be capitalized and what shouldn't. I guess what should be lowercase and what shouldn't, since it's all written in caps. Anyway, I like to learn. I've been a Christian for 48 years, and I just learned yesterday that there's no indefinite article in the Greek and Hebrew. And I learned today that the earliest manuscripts we have in both the Hebrew and the um, Greek are were written in all caps. I did check out um, the uh, Aramaic because I've always been told that there was parts of the Bible that were writ written in Aramaic. There were parts of uh, like a chapter in Ezra had some uh, chapter in Daniel had some Aramaic, Aramaic, uh, Arab, that's a descendant of Abraham, a circumcised descendant of Abraham, as all his descendants were. He was the father of many nations, not just of the grandfather of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Very inclusive. Uh, the gospel of the grace of God, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And there will be prophesied members of every nation that come to Christ and uh, families are where nations came from anyway um, let's leave the two things I learned no no indefinite article in the original languages of the Old Testament and and the New Testament and both the Old Testament and New Testament the earliest uh, manuscripts we have, copies, are 
written in all caps. And if it bothers you that, you know, that we're not looking at a translation of a translation of a translation, but a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And they were very meticulous in their copying. In the Old Testament, they don't have numbers, they just have letters. So they could add up all the, the, the Hebrew letters, both in the, in the row and also in the column, and make sure that there were no mistakes. And on top of that, you have Jesus Christ saying, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And I think he's kept it for us. Now it's a question, are we going to believe what it says? Anyway, um, so let's take a look at Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. For we... Uh, Paul, Peter, in his second epistle, is um, telling the reader that today is us, that we the writers, we the apostles, we the, the writers of the New Testament and the apostles of Jesus Christ and disciples of Jesus Christ, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we, the writers of the New Testament, made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So I just love that because I was, I had heard somewhere that, you know, there was the fable of the rainbow and there was the fable. When I was a little kid, there was this cartoon about this beagle, I forgot his name, the professor and, uh, and his little boy that looked up to him. And they would go to different places and learn some uh, truth. Some fable had a, had a moral to the fable. And they would learn that, you know, be honest or whatever it was. It was a cartoon. But I thought it was just make-believe. The rainbow, you know, what does that have to do with anything? You know, just, uh, you know, created by nature or whatever. Uh, so let's make it a, let's turn it into a fable. Creation of man. Creation of the universe in six days. Day one. God said, let there be light. God, in, in the beginning, God created the heaven, which is space, and the earth, which we live on, and... Uh, light on day one. On day two, all he created was the atmosphere. And it's a very special atmosphere, and without it, we wouldn't be, be here. And it says it was divided from the waters above the canopy, or the waters above the atmosphere, and waters below the atmosphere. So I believe in a water canopy, a, a hyperbaric situation, which your heart might beat one beat a minute. The whole purpose of your heart is to pump oxygen to your body. If you're living in a hyperbaric situation, which is easy to do, you just don't want to decompress too quickly because the nitrogen becomes liquefied and all that kind of stuff, and the bends, but you can, you can perform in it. They, the athletes use it. They live at altitude because the body is kind of starved for oxygen. And then it, it, it gets, it dopes up on it. And then it, you have more oxygen to compete in athletics. 
your your body gets used to or works harder at, at getting oxygen. I know that from UFC fighters. But anyway, um, and I've heard about it in the Olympic sports as well, blood doping in the hyperbaric chamber. Anyway, hyperbaric is used for close hit injuries. It's, it's, uh, it's a very healing process. Anyway, I think the whole earth was hyperbaric before the flood. Um, and the canopy dropped, and that's why people could live so long. Now, heart disease is the number one killer. If your heart only had to beat once a minute, you know, you didn't need a car. You could just run to wherever you wanted to go. You just wouldn't get tired. And uh, different, the world that then was perished, being overflowed with water, is how the Bible, is how Peter s says it. Anyway, uh, maybe I'll look that one up and... and uh, share that with you tomorrow because I didn't uh, really plan on going this way but but we have not followed maybe what I'm saying sounds like a cunningly devised fable to you no, that's your business when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for Jesus received from God the Father honor and glory when we lift up Jesus Christ we honor the Father. It's not like we're taken away from the Father by, by honoring Jesus. It, it's always to the honor and glory of the Father. But we're eyewitnesses of His majesty. So what we have here is an eyewitness account in the writers of the New Testament. Verse 17, For Jesus received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him, Jesus, from the excellent glory, God saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Peter, James, and John were there when they heard that. I think when, when Jesus says that, that these things are going to be fulfilled in this generation, these three saw Jesus in his glory and the Father. If I'm not mistaken, they fell on their face. I don't know how much looking around they were doing, but they were a little bit shook. But this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice, verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven, we, Peter, James, and John, heard when we were with Jesus in the Holy Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed, that would be you and I, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The day star would be the Lord. Uh, that would be the Holy Spirit, I think, coming and dwelling inside of us when we believe in the New Testament. And that's already happened to Peter, happened to him 30 years before he wrote this at Pentecost, A.D. 30. This is written A.D. 60. Verse 20, knowing this first of all, no prophecy of Scripture. We're talking about the Bible here. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Therefore, I think that 
excludes we agree to disagree on the meaning of this verse because it has a meaning. It's not what necessarily what I think it is or what you think it is. It is what it is. And how do we determine that? We study. We compare spiritual with spiritual, verse with verse, and not... I really try to stay right in the book I'm in, in the chapter I'm in, and in the immediate words around it. We're talking about Scripture here because it says, uh, knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. We're talking about the Scripture when he says we've not we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. These guys were not sitting around, hey, let's make up a story about Jesus rising from the dead and then let's die as martyrs for that. And oh yeah, let's say, let's tell every flaw of every hero of the Bible except for Christ because he didn't have any. He was without sin. And the book of Hebrews says if he did have sin, he would have been no different than, than the priest's that had to offer sacrifices for their own sin. And according to James 2.10, he would be guilty of all. Whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. The old prophets, the Old Testament, came not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is like the gospel. You can believe it or you cannot believe it. It's completely up to you. But I don't think God's going to intervene on your behalf and make you believe it. I really don't. If I believed that, I would be praying. Twenty. I wouldn't be telling anybody about Christ. I would just be saying, God, make them believe, make them believe, make them believe, make them believe. Make my loved ones believe. Make this person believe. That person believe. Whatever. I don't do that. I present, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And seek and ye shall find. And by the way, the Lord is seeking us at the same time. So guess what? If you're seeking and he's seeking, you're going to run into each other. I did. I know that. And I couldn't have been any further from God, never that far in my life. Not a happy camper, not a happy person. I was upset at the death of my brother. Anyway, this is this goes to uh, the subject of the the scriptures, and I want to look up, hopefully very quickly, uh, one other passage that I'm memorizing and and maybe have gone over. I don't know. It is Second Timothy. 3.16 and 17. It says, All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16 and verse 17. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Literally, God breathed. And is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, is what that word means. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're not saved by good works, 
But my friend, we're going to be judged by our works for reward in heaven if you're a believer and for punishment in hell if you're not. It's the difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne. There's quite a few years between those, but I don't think it's really going to matter in eternity when that judgment takes place. A thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. To God, He's outside of time is what that means. It's not six days of creation were 6,000 years. That'd still be pretty amazing. Uh, nobody says that. And you say, well, what about the age of these rocks and everything? How about a parent age? When, when Adam was one day old, he was, you know, 33 or whatever the perfect age is, 19. I don't know how old he was. Pretty smart guy to name all those animals. But, and he walked with God and he talked with God. And then when, after he named all the animals and there was not, not a mate found for him, he, God put him to sleep and took a rib. Nobody else is missing a rib, only Adam. And he, uh, he made woman. So I will... I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I, I did from the get-go. I didn't know what it said. I didn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament. I couldn't have found anything in the Bible. Still struggle a little bit. But, um, but anyway, I'll find it eventually. But uh, today's, with all the computers and everything we have, it's pretty easy to, to know just a part of a verse or just a word in a verse and find it in a book or the New Testament or Old Testament. But anyway, um, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. That's what we have here is an eyewitness account. It's up to you to believe it. If you don't tell God, you don't. Say, God, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Or just say, God, I, I don't believe any of this, help my unbelief. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, when I understood it was a gift and that he was offered to everyone, whosoever, I said, this is, this is legit. This is real. This is a God I can follow. This is a God I can trust in. And I do. Okay, well, I'm going to say adios, which is to God. And I'm also going to say vaya con Dios, which means go with God.